Good afternoon, folks, and welcome again to another episode of The Elephant in the Room. This is Lenny McAllister filling in for Sam DeMarco. Thank you once again for joining us here on WJAS. Uh, Talk Radio 99.1 FM and 1320 on your AM dial. I always enjoy having an opportunity to come in and speak to you all when I get an opportunity, as well as talk to the, uh, the people that are involved in the political process here in Allegheny County and in western Pennsylvania and, you know, having the platforms necessary to impact the Commonwealth and, dare I say, even the nation. So it's always a great, great opportunity, and I'm very grateful to be here for you, be here for you and with you this Saturday afternoon. Um, we're in March, March 2023, and there's several things that I want to talk to you about and have you ponder and consider as we're going into the second part of 2023. And now I'm going to break it up into four different, if you will, topics or segments or, or items or ideas over the course of the next hour. One's going to talk about what people do that when they're involved in politics. And everybody thinks it's just a matter of let's get my friend, my partisan buddy elected. But there's so much more involved with people that are involved in civics. Because people don't just need good policies. Obviously, they do need good policies. You need good laws. You need laws that are going to empower people as Americans. But when you're involved in civics, you realize that sometimes the partisanship has to be put aside and there are very real needs that need to be met. And I want to talk about that first with um, Aaron Coper, who is the chairwoman of the Allegheny County Council of Republican Women. And if if you've ever been involved, and, and Aaron will attest to this, she'll probably snicker and laugh and, and it will endear her to me immediately. But if you've ever done anything in Republican politics and you want something done, you go to the local women's group because generally speaking, they may not have as many people as, let's say, the overall council or the overall organization within a state or in a county or within a city. But the organization is so streamlined with people that trust each other, know each other, and know the processes they're in to get stuff done that you get stuff done pretty quickly, pretty efficiently, and pretty effectively. Aaron, welcome to The Elephant in the Room. And am I correct in my assessment? Absolutely. And thank you for having me on. I'm really excited about this. And you are absolutely right. I was just telling uh, my friends this past weekend, we were at a gun bash. It was my first gun bash that I've ever been to. It was so much fun. But we were talking to other women at the table. And I literally said, you know, women get things done. And I literally said that. And it, it is so true. And when we all get together and we share ideas and empower each other and educate each other, um, we lift each other up. And and I believe um, we really do have such stake in what's going on in our country right now. We're losing our gender. We're losing, you know, there's so many things with our kids and uh, the schools. So our voice is very important right now. And, and it's something that, and people don't often see this. Because they, when I say something like that, I guarantee, whether it's somebody that's a Republican or a Democrat or an independent listening to the show, they're immediately thinking that, okay, well, he must be referring to knocking on doors. He must be referring to getting petitions signed. He must be referring to putting out yard signs. And, and that's part of it. But I want to start off the show talking about your efforts helping the good people across the border in Ohio with, with the tragedy, with the train derailment, and what they're facing now, I mean, and again, it's it's in the headlines because you're you're seeing the, the testimony in Washington D.C. 
But for every one thing that you see on the news, folks, there are dozens of real life issues that they still deal with. And folks like Aaron and, and the people that she's working with in her efforts, they're out there volunteering to make lives better through this tragedy. Because it, let's just be honest, Aaron, that's the essence of being an American, right? Getting communities to help each other through times of crises and then building better communities out of that. Absolutely. And and it's not just across the border. It's right here in our own state. You know, I talked to residents in Darlington, Pennsylvania, who came to the donation drive and I met them and they voiced their concerns. And, you know, they just feel like they're also being uh, ignored by, you know, the, the railroad because of the dealing with the compensation that East Palestine residents are getting. But, you know, it is only for example, 56 minutes from my home. I live right in the city of Pittsburgh, and it is so close to us. And I always say, you know, my heart doesn't have a jurisdiction. So, you know, we see people in crisis, fellow Americans, we run to it and we help them. And and praying that, you know, if something would ever happen in return, people would do that for us as well. If something happened, you know, here that was, uh, you know, environmental crisis, you know, God forbid. But And Aaron, it's, it's funny because, one, you just said the word environmental. And when you start talking about environmental crises, they usually want to castigate conservatives as to being those that don't believe in science. That's one of the things they oftentimes put at our party. You don't really believe in science when it came to COVID or when it comes to the environmental fight. But your volunteerism shows that, no, one, we do see very real problems. And two, it's an, it, it's it's very interesting that a group of Republican women would go out there because it also symbolizes, and I want you to think about this and talk to to the audience about this for just a second. It also symbolizes that cross-section between politics and and what people experience in an everyday, very real fashion. I mean, because there's a lot of politics and and maneuvering back and forth about the derailment and was it regulated enough and who did they give their money to for political campaigns and who's the CEO affiliated with? And all that comes into play affecting what whether it's the public policy and business because people forget that just because you don't live by a railroad track does not mean that the goods and services that come on those railroad tracks aren't benefiting your community whether it's fuel or coal i mean most of america is still lit up by coal regardless of what the far left would like to say these are things that we still need in 2023 not just to make modern conveniences available, but to compete globally against allies economically and foes geopolitically. You've been doing this volunteerism for the folks out in East Palestine and, of course, the people in Western Pennsylvania on the border. Talk a little bit about doing the volunteer work while also observing all of the political machinations that are going on around this situation as a news story, a political story, but also a human interest story. Right. Well, uh, that's exactly why I I jumped in this, because I am originally from the Ohio Valley myself. I'm from Weirton, West Virginia. So I'm only, you know, right from here, 35 minutes down the highway. And, you know, people where I'm from, uh, I believe were affected by this as well. We live right along the river. And then I was sitting there and I noticed that there wasn't enough action being done by our government. So I said, let's do something. And the least we can do is, you know, do a donation drive. It's very 
lead, and then people were coming in droves from other committees. It was great. It was so uniting. It was wonderful. And then we were on this high of like, let's go. And then when we got there, things became very real. Um, when we unloaded the U-Haul that we filled full of goods, um, residents were coming out of their homes. We, we went right to a neighborhood, right on the tracks. These are people in ground zero affected right with the crash. And they had tears in their eyes and they were coming up to us crying and hugging us. And uh, myself and Emily, who came with me, um, she is also uh, a part of the Women's Council. And she, uh, we both were on and off crying because it was really, you know, became really real. And they were telling us their stories. You know, I had a, 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 a young woman who had a two-year-old and she had a four-day-old baby when the train crashed. So her baby was only at that time, I believe, two weeks old. I think we went around the two-and-a-half-week mark of the crash. And um, she looked me dead in my eyes, and she said, is my baby going to get cancer in one to five years? And, you know, the gravity of the situation, even though we hear from the news and we have seen interviews, but it's different when you're there and you hear it from them yourselves. So moving forward into meeting other people and from the two times I went um, it's a, a same across the board you know they they don't like the waivers that they're having to sign to get their homes cleaned they don't like the the different hypocrisy from the railroad saying you know with the bottled water and you can drink the water then why are they putting the bottled water on the front porches of the homes every day they, they just don't trust anything so we're seeing a lack of trust and um, you know the government, and the railroad and pretty much anyone who has any type of authority over these residents because they just want answers. They feel they're sick. I mean, they're visibly sick. Um, I saw rashes on their face. One girl says she has bloody nose every single day. Um, her, her little boy, he's two. Um, he has a, a bloody, or I'm sorry, not bloody nose, a, a rash on his cheeks when he goes outside. Uh, and they have to live in this. And, you know, I, I definitely, I, I went back with a microphone myself. And I told you I had media experience from back a long time ago. And I got their interviews this time, and I wanted to bring it home so that people who were donating could understand who they were donating to. Because, you know, a lot of people had questions for me saying, well, can't they still grocery shop? Don't they still go to work? And they weren't understanding, you know, that a lot of their stores were depleted. They, they um compared it to COVID again by saying, you know, all the cleaning products were the paper products. It was wiped out. They have to go 30 minutes away to go to a grocery store and they don't have a whole lot of money to begin with. So there was a lot of need that people weren't understanding that they needed. And and let me get to that for just a second, Aaron. First of all, the efforts are still out there for donations, I'd have to imagine. And and you're doing great work and there are others out there. Folks, look online. There are plenty of resources out there. Again, Erin Coper is is running the effort as a chairwoman of the Allegheny County Council of Republican Women, but there are other efforts doing it as well. But you brought up something. I mean, you touched upon empathy. And I want to talk about that because there are some in the media, not to castigate all media, because if I did that, you wouldn't be listening to WJS right now. We definitely want you to continue to do that here on 1320 AM and 99.1 FM. Love that plug, don't you? I'm sure you did. That said, all seriousness, there are some in the media that looked at the people that are suffering this tragedy and basically said, puh, they're Trump voters. They don't believe in science. 
They're getting what they deserve. And I don't want to necessarily reciprocate that energy with, with similar energy. But I do want you to talk to what it's been like for you and for them to try to diffuse that and say, can we put whatever you may think, which may or may not be true, by the way, you can't look at somebody and assume their political affiliation or who they voted for in 16 or 20. But what has it been like for people that are already stereotyped because of where they live, then they're stereotyped based on people's political ideologies in the midst of a tragedy where they're worried about, am I going to get cancer in two to three years? This rash that's on my four-year-old's face, is this something where they're going to have to get their skin removed? Am I going to have to move? How am I going to have the resources to move if I have to move when we've been here for four generations and I work at the local plant and so does my dad and so did my grandmother? Uh, right. Uh you know, we have to remember the, these are these are real people. They are Americans. They do feel that way too. They did express that to me that they feel that they're being treated this way because they are all conservatives. Um, but I do have to say, uh, living here and in, in Pittsburgh, I did get a lot of uh, Democrat support on this after my first run. I don't know if it's because they had to see the pictures and everything that I did. Maybe speaking to these residents brought them some type of connection and reality of what was going on. But the donations started pouring into me from the other side, which I think is wonderful. Um, You know, if there's ever a uniting moment, it's when Americans come together for other Americans, regardless of, you know, their political party or the area that they live in, the state that they live in, who their governor is, it doesn't matter um, that they need help. And I think that I was able to uh, achieve that. That That is amazing and fantastic. What types of things can we do to help out? And I know obviously donating items and donating money and, and volunteering time, those are things that, that shouldn't even need to be said. But what other types of things... Could people listening to the show right now, what can they do in social media to help with the awareness? What can they do amongst their friends to change some of the tone that's around this tragedy so, one, they're not treated with a sense of apathy, but number two, they're not treated as yesterday's news because in today's media blitz, it's a big story for a little while, and then it's on to the next thing, right. it's on to the next thing, it's on to the next that, thing. And I have to imagine they feel like they're forgotten. Absolutely. And we don't want their stories to get uh, shuffled under you know the rug. So it is important to you know talk to your friends and neighbors about what's happening across the border. Um, we are essentially affected, too, right down here. I mean, we don't know. The wind carries. You know, It could be in our water. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it's that close that I think a lot of people take that for granted um, that or they're it's a cognitive dissonance maybe they don't want to believe that this can't happen here it's only an hour away that's that's far and it's really not but again follow the science if you really want to follow it because they are doing active studies right now on testing and we have i saw one purdue university um did test results and the the findings were astonishing and i think the next step um is probably something that's out of my 
realm of helping with, but it's getting these people out of there. I mean, I, 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 I depending on the level of uh, toxicity that they're finding, um, that's the next step. However, just continuing to give them paper products. They want their homes cleaned. They're soot all over their homes still. Uh, the one girl that has a two-year-old little boy ripped up the carpet in his playroom because she feels that's the last place that the chemicals could attach to that's giving him the rash when she when he's inside the home. But um, fresh water, of course, they're using it for everything, uh, washing their clothes even. Uh, they're getting gym memberships 30 minutes away at a Planet Fitness for $10 a month just to shower. I mean, think about yourself and what how would you feel if your whole life was flipped upside down overnight? And, you know, your whole way of living, you still have to go to work and your kids still have to go to school and you still have to uh, do all the normal things that you try to do and, and, and then worry about, am I going to get cancer in one to five years? Or is this chemical bronchitis I have ever going to go away? The one woman I spoke to still is sick. The antibiotics are not working. And, you know, these, it's, it's scary. There's a, there's a lot that, that could be done, whether it's through word of mouth or donations or volunteering of time and the like. And, and, I, and, I, and before, I, I'm going to transition. I'm going to want to leverage what's going on in East Palestine, but I want to broaden it a little bit because obviously there was a, a public policy and political response to what transpired locally and statewide. We're involving two different governors, one that's a two-term governor and one that literally just learned where the restrooms were in the gubernatorial mansion. And had to deal with this crisis. So before I do that, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring John into the conversation with Aaron as well. But before I do that, I want to remind everybody that the annual Lincoln Day dinner is coming up soon. It's going to be coming up on Thursday, April 13th, 2023. The special guest speaker is going to be U.S. Senator from the state of Alabama. If anybody remembers Keith Jackson, um, U.S. Senator Katie Britt. Um, There will be an an honoree at this year's dinner. The honoree is going to be former RCAC chair, as well as Allegheny County Executive Jim Roddy. You all have known Mr. Roddy for many, many years. And if you know anything about St. Barnabas, you certainly know about Mr. Roddy as well. Um, Again, the reception will start at 6 p.m. There'll be a regular reception, a VIP reception, which means that includes you. You need to be at the VIP reception. And then dinner will start at 7.30. Again, that's going to be at the Wyndham Grand Pittsburgh 600 Commonwealth Place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, April 13th, 2023. If you need more information, go to the RCAC website for that. Again, Lincoln Day Dinner 2023, the annual dinner for the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, um, Senator Katie Britt and special honoree Jim Roddy, longtime leader in the region. Um, John, I'm gonna bring you in on this as long as well as with Aaron because we're, we're talking about the human interest aspect of this, right? And, I, and I'm gonna go ladies first though. But... At the same exact time, there's obviously a public policy response. And here we are once again in an odd number year. And this is how I want to kind of bring it to the elections and, and where we are after the first quarter of 2023. There are local elections going on this year. And everybody from sheriffs to city council people to commissioners all the way up to the governors, like I mentioned previously, had something to say with the response of what transpired with the derailment. And now their responses are being questioned at the highest levels of government. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about people's reaction to how they had to respond to their local leaders in the midst of this, whether confidence increased like a Rudy Giuliani after 9-11 
or if confidence sank like we see oftentimes with government today? I 100% think it sank. Um, Well, especially I only spoke to the East or sorry, Darlington, PA uh, residents very briefly. It was mostly East Palestine. But when it came to the Ohio side of things, um, they were having a lot of trouble getting through to the the phone calls and the emails to their local uh, officials. So there, I, I definitely saw a lack of trust from the East Palestine residents on that note. John, when people get into moments of crisis, it's funny because the average American almost forgets that there's a city council except to complain about them. Then they kind of vote in a very autopilot type of way until a crisis comes up. And over the last several years, we have have had everything from riots in the streets to a pandemic. And now, unfortunately for the people on the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, you now have this environmental situation. What types of things do you think people should be learning from this lesson politically that they shouldn't forget in November? Because there's another example of that that's also coming up this fall. Uh, I think people kind of realize... uh you know, what role government plays in their lives in in, uh, in the midst of a tragedy like this here. I think they're, you know, talking about confidence here. I believe people probably have more confidence in their local government, like the, you know, the firefighters and the police department that were on, the first uh, responders that were on the scenes. But I, I believe they sort of seem to have less confidence uh, at the upper levels of government. Well, what's interesting too, and you start talking about government, right? And They're all tied together, as you brought up, John. And by the way, I was John, executive producer extraordinaire. He wears the hat, the pants, the everything when it comes to making decisions here. So that's the golden voice you just heard. (laughs) With that said, people have varying levels of one, trust in government, but two, definition of government. And I think one of the misconceptions that's coming out now with Aaron and, and, and her group's organization and volunteerism and the like, but also what we're seeing play out is there's an appropriate role for government. And that's something that Republicans say all the time. Yeah, There's always an appropriate role for government. And this seems to be one of them. You don't want to not have a government when you go to war. Yeah, You need somebody to have the strategy. You also have to be able to say in a moment of crisis, somebody's thought about this previously put a plan into place, and they're executing the plan not only based on pre-planning, but also the changing facts on the ground. Do you think that more and more Americans, and I'm going to throw this out, this is more of a philosophical question, Aaron, mm-hmm. but in light of East Palestine, in light of the pandemic, in light of some of the things we've seen, do you think people are slowly but surely learning that reality that, listen, you need people that are in place to learn the proper role of government and what to do in those roles ahead of time. Absolutely. Uh, I've, I've noticed a lot more activism locally with people, you know, even my friends uh, wanting to learn, you know, they, they sit there and watch the news, but um, I've had to explain to them locally, uh, this is what affects you. And, you know, that's, again, part of our Women's Council is educating women and anyone, really, about uh, the way things work, because there's a lot more to it. And just getting active, going to a school board meeting, going to your um, council meeting of your town or a town hall, that's the first step in learning the process and how you can do your small part in helping your community. 
John, do you find like that they're getting different types of questions coming into the RCAC based on people having these very real revelations smacking them in the face over the last four years? Oh, absolutely. That's it's always been kind of a common trend here at RCAC of people uh, wanting to be more involved here, and they're usually it's usually like some type of political issue, whether it's this or whether something going on in their local community that they want to be involved in, uh, you know, kind of spurs that activism in them. Well, folks, I got the chairwoman of the Allegheny County Council of Republican Women talking to me about her volunteer efforts with the tragedy and the, and the ongoing crisis out there in East Palestine, Ohio, and how it's affecting our community members here in Western Pennsylvania up against the border. Thank you very much for doing that, Erin. You're going to stick around here, right? Absolutely. This is fun. We have a few more things to talk about. I do want to get back in the local government because there's another issue that is going to be coming up again in November that we're seeing other Americans really gravitate to over the last couple of years. And whether it's environmental or I'm going to tease it, (laughs) education it's very, very dangerous to ignore the unpopular, often not attended well or not participated in well elections in the odd number of years, particularly here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So we're going to talk about that after the break. But again, I want to remind you before we go to break, Lincoln Day Dinner 2023, April 13th, 2023 at the Wyndham, downtown Pittsburgh. U.S. Senator Katie Britt will be there from Alabama. So show her that we are good folks here in Pennsylvania. Special honoree Jim Roddy. I'm Lenny McAllister filling in for Sam DeMarco here on WJS. We'll be right back after this. The midterm elections are in the rearview mirror, and now it's time to start finding great school board candidates for 2023. Convince the right candidates to run using the Get Elected app for easy-to-understand voter data and analysis, canvassing tools, and more. Visit getelected.org and show them the path to victory. Get elected. Campaign with confidence. Welcome back. This is Lenny McAllister filling in for Sam DeMarco here on The Elephant in the Room on WJS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM here doing talk radio with you on another wonderful afternoon. Aaron, thank you for sticking around. John, thank you for sticking around as well. In the first part of the show, we were talking about what transpired in East Palestine. And we were going everything from the human interest story of things over to the political responsiveness or lack thereof in some instances, of what transpired and what the aftermath is going to be for the residents and their children and grandchildren, but also how are they going to respond when it's time to reevaluate these elected officials once their time's up? Now, Governor DeWine is a two-term governor. He's going to be gone, but somebody's going to run for governor, and this is going to be a story that they're going to have to learn from and campaign on. But much sooner than that, you're going to have city council people and commissioners on both sides of that border, by the way, that are going to have to be accountable to constituents. Now, I don't want to go back into East Palestine, but I do want to talk about another issue that comes up in odd number of years that people often forget about and then they complain about afterwards. And we saw that increasingly so around the country when it came to COVID and the school closing and it's school board races. Because a lot of decisions were made by superintendents and school boards dealing with the pandemic that science didn't necessarily support at the time, science didn't necessarily support after the fact, and now kids are still having an aftermath impact that they have to deal with. Learning loss, time out of school, loss of self-esteem, the mental health crisis that particularly 
teenagers went through over the last two to three school years. We have another year where school board races are coming up in the fall. And what we saw across the country from Virginia, where it impacted a gubernatorial race all the way to California, is that parents are participating in these school board elections in a completely different type of way. Aaron, again, I'm going to go ladies first. I know that you and your group obviously are involved in political matters. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing people be more interested in school board races in a way that they would not have been interested in a school board race just five years ago? If you go back to 2617 and you said, are you voting this year? They're like, there's not an election. Absolutely. Guarantee you people know now. Oh, absolutely. Uh, some of my friends actually live in Robinson and their kids go to Moon High School, for example. And uh, seeing my friends who I went to high school with who uh, you know, live in that uh, area talk about their school boards, it, it makes me happy because I feel like they, they're not very political people and they're paying attention and they're advocating for their kids. And that makes me proud because I believe that if they're seeing it and being active and doing it, then other people are too. And with our Women's Council, we are there to help candidates. We want to find candidates. We want women to run for office. Um, so we are going to help educate them, have other women who have been in even state races before join our committee and really build them up and groom them to be fighters in our community. You know, like fight for your kids and run for office, stand up. And I know both of you interact with activists, volunteers, et cetera, that are, that are involved in the process. These folks are increasingly everyday people, too. I'd have to imagine whether it's the calls you're getting and the people you're interacting with, John, or the people you're interacting with with your group, Aaron. These are not the muckety-mucks of politics that that go to all the high and mighty society events four times a year and traveling. These are people that are like, listen, I'm, I'm sick of this. I saw my kid during COVID. I saw what they were learning when the schools were closed. I saw what the school boards or the teachers unions or what whoever they were mad at or they had to engage. I saw it. I don't like it. We're not doing this anymore. John, you first. I'd have to imagine that, again, I go back to the type of phone call, the type of person that wants to put out a yard sign, the type of person that's asking you questions. And then even I would say, John, the type of questions that they're asking are probably a little bit more detailed yeah. and a little bit more focused than they used to be just three cycles ago. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that here. Uh, I just want to like sort of remind or kind of you know inform all of our listeners here that Allegheny County has 43 school, school districts in Allegheny County here. Each school district is comprised of a school board of nine members here. So this year, about I believe in every school district, at least five members of that board will be up for election here. So obviously people here, you know, they had 2021, they were pretty, they were loud and, and very active then. And we're seeing that trend continue today here. We felt we fielded candidates for just about all these slots here. And uh, now it's our goal to push them over the finish line. And Aaron, a lot of these elections as well, you won't hear about until October, November. You won't see people knocking on doors per se until football season. Well, we're going to try to change that. Well, and, and, that, and that goes back to this. You know, that's something that you all can take advantage of because now people are engaged in a, in a completely different type of way. And unlike previously, I'd have to imagine this as well, there are specific demands coming from 
activists knocking doors, people helping candidates, even the candidates themselves. Usually you ran for school board because you wanted to be a state rep one day. You ran for state rep one day because you wanted to be a state senator one day. You ran for state senator one day because you everybody thought they were going to be governor one day or something along those lines. Now it's no, I don't like this part of the curriculum. I don't like how this is taught in schools. And there's something to be said about that. We could talk about the individual items or parts of the curriculum at another time. But just the fact that people know what they don't like and they're coming to the process more educated than before, that has to be encouraging for your group and and what you do to take people across that finish line that John was talking about. It's absolutely encouraging. We have a a lot of really great ideas uh, this year to recruit more women. We want women with kids to really start getting involved so we have and i'll you know give you a little sneak peek of something we have an idea to do is doing libraries so we're going to go to a library we're going to send mailers out to women in about five mile radius of a specific library top four voters so super voters and invite them in with their kids they can be read a story by a firefighter a police officer someone in the community that you know does good for the community and we could have a little meeting and and that's a way to incorporate the kids bring them to an event uh it's educational for the children as well they're going to be read a nice story meet a firefighter or police officer and that's just one idea that we have to get more women involved especially women with the children that um can then maybe feel empowered by meeting other women in their community and women like us who are going to empower them and educate them and then maybe they can run for their local city council or school board or commissioner or any you know small office not small office but you know what I mean and then just give them the first step to getting uh their voices out there they're they're not the the offices that that sparkle in the media but I mean, well, look, we have a county executive race that's going on this year. We have we have city council races going on this year. We have um, town council races going on this year. We have school board races going on this year. There's a lot of important items that are transpiring in 2023 that people need to be involved well, in. And to circle in. back to your, you know, we, I know you don't want to go back to East Palestine, but that raises that point is that, you know, those residents there, for example, and across the border in PA are now looking at their local level uh, politics a little differently, right? Because those are the people that they immediately needed to talk to and voice their concerns and get results from. So again, if everyone can understand that, then they will know that their local politics is very important in their day-to-day life and, and it's funny and, and to go back there for just a second Aaron before we broaden out a little bit statewide even though this dynamic happens at the statewide as well those are usually when you have the sleepy incumbents people that just so happen to be in office for 25 years that you just completely forgot about because there are five seats six people ran and the sixth person just moved to town nobody knows that individual so the other five that you've known for the last 40 years continue to get elected and then a crisis comes up and these folks haven't had to make a major decision in two decades. And then you have this disjointedness. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, just a little bit of research out there for you all listening to us on WJS, the elephant in the room. Be very curious to see the tenures of the incumbents in some of the towns that were impacted by this crisis. Curious as to whether or not several, several of these folks were on there for 15, 20 years or not. It, would, it might say something in regards to the responsiveness or lack thereof in some of the failures or successes that may have transpired. Now, before we transition on, I do want to broaden this out statewide before we go. Um, John, one of the things about being able to be a state player is making sure that your local 
organizations are organized. That's why we keep talking about this Lincoln Day Dinner. I've had an opportunity to speak at Lincoln Day Dinners in Pennsylvania and across the nation. They're great events. They have usually great speakers. You're not having me speak this year, so I'm going to make it a 9.5, not a 10. It would have been a 10 if you had me speak, Lenny, John. I Remember for- that for next year. I'm just saying. I forgot about that. You spoke. Was it Butler County? Butler, Butler County. County. I was at. Yeah. There you go. They, see? See, more than more than four people out there actually know who I am, folks. So there you go. But that you're dating me too, because that was literally I think 2015. Think so, yeah. Up in Butler County for their Lincoln Day dinner. I remember that. But what about here in Allegheny County, John? Well, I'm glad you asked here. So RCAC is proud to announce that the Honorable Kitty Britt, U.S. Senator of Alabama, uh, will be our keynote speaker at our 2023 Lincoln Day dinner, scheduled for Thursday, April 13th, at the Wyndham Grand downtown, right there at the Point. Senator Britt represents a new generation of conservative leaders and is the youngest U.S. senator. Uh, She's the first female U.S. senator from Alabama, and her campaign uh, theme was uh, Mama on a Mission here. We're also going to be honoring the great Jim Roddy for his service to Allegheny County and the Republican Party. Uh, Jim is a fan of the show. I know Daryl knows him pretty well. Uh, and, uh, you know, RCAC's Lincoln Day Dinner has gained the reputation of being one of the premier political events in the state. While this event has always been an important fundraiser for the county party, historically, this dinner is a, also a time for celebrating and camaraderie. So we're looking forward to that. That's uh, three week, about three weeks out from today. And it will be cool for you all to be out there. Again, if you need more information, go to the RCAC website. You know, this is Women's History Month. And again, one of the slanders of Republicans is the fact that we don't celebrate diversity. We don't celebrate the women leaders in our party. And this is another example of Republicans getting together and saying, listen, we value Americans regardless of where they come from and regardless of their backgrounds. We just want the values that we believe in, the values of free market principles and the values that we think made this country great. We want them to be extolled so that our country can continue to be great and more people can share in its greatness. So again, that Lincoln Day dinner April 13th. Yes, ma'am. I did want to say something because you, you actually reminded me of something I wanted to say before is action, right? So you were saying, you know, what sets Republican women apart from people that jumped in to help? Look at people's actions. Don't look at what the media portrays one side, you know, our side to be. Look at what we're doing. And then if you want to be a part of that, if you want to switch your party and come to our party, because we are going to be actionable, we are going to run towards an environmental crisis. We're not going to turn our heads and look the other way with all the other things as well um, that people uh, put in a bad light that Republicans don't do. We actually do. And that's part of what Aaron does as the chairwoman of the Allegheny County Council of Republican Women. Again, this is Lenny McAllister filling in for Sam DeMarco here on WJS, the elephant in the room, 1320 a.m. and 99.1 FM here on your radio dial. Thank you once again for tuning in. I, I do want to go to statewide politics Because we have a little bit of a contrast, right? We have an election that's coming up in November that's going to impact county executive and these school board races and town board races and everything else we just talked about. But the flip side is we have a brand new governor that we know has national aspirations. We have a brand new constitution, a very slim majority in the House of Representatives for the Democrats in Harrisburg. And the Republicans still control the state senate. But with that said... John, I'm going to start with you. There's an opportunity for the to be a different type of budget proposed, Correct. a different set of priorities spent, and a different way to go after some key things that have been working here in Pennsylvania. And I, I'm going to start with with education because even though Governor Wolf was a two-term governor, we saw 
the scholarship opportunities, the EITC, the OSTC programs expand under Governor Wolf because Republicans held both the House and the Senate. That's not the case anymore. So there might be some attack on education, particularly school choice, particularly those that disproportionately need school choice, which are poor kids in Pennsylvania and black and brown kids in Pennsylvania. What types of things over the course of the first hundred days of the Shapiro administration, the first weeks of a Democrat-led House of Representatives, have we seen that maybe we as a Commonwealth need to notice now? Uh, That's a great point, Lenny. There's a lot of, I mean, let's start with this, because that's a very broad question. And, And Aaron, you can jump in if you like. Okay. Part of what we're seeing is a lot of, when a new administration comes in, it's, I'm going to keep things the same exact way. Don't you worry. I'm not here to hurt you. And then the political rivals jump in. And then from there, you can see stuff shifting. The Democrats even fought amongst themselves in regards to who was going to be the Speaker of the House. We're starting to see shifts as to who's running committees now. And we've already heard rumblings that the budget's going to probably expand by 15 20% by some estimates. That's a spending priority at a time where we're still holding money away from COVID. And if we've watched the jobs numbers, most of the jobs that are being created are in hospitality, which is a tipping industry, which is not something you buy a house off of. It's not something you buy a car off of. And we're still talking about eggs being over $5 a a carton. And when you talk to people, there's one set of people that will tell you things are going just fine. And I'm sure that's what the Shapiro administration would like to say. And I'm sure that's what the Democrats want to say in the House as they're trying to increase the spending coming out of Harrisburg. But the flip side is, I'd have to imagine there's another another set of Pennsylvanians that you're talking to that are saying something different even now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, people in my neighborhood in the city of Pittsburgh, we're struggling. We're struggling with crime. We're struggling with, you know, going to the store and buying five items and it being $80. You know, we're, we're worried about you know, these policies with our new governor that are affecting our our lives and people are awake to the realities of their life. I mean, I was telling you with the Democrats that were helping me with my donation drive, we have been having some really good conversations lately. And actually last night, I got through to two of them. One's actually an independent, the other one is a Democrat. And they were like, you know what, Aaron, we're starting to see what you're what you're saying. And it's because we're I'm I'm showing them, was is your life better now? Or was it better five years ago? The old Reagan question. Right. <laughs> and, and no, but I mean, it, 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 look, we're talking to just normal Americans, normal Pennsylvanians, everyday people, right? You just, you, you, when you talk policy and things that they don't quite understand, if they're not in politics, you lose them. But if you bring it back to, you know, how are you affected and what are you going to do about it? And did you know the way you vote really affects that? And did you look at the way that they vote on things? And did you look at the way that, and they're like, no, I didn't. And like, wow, Aaron, you know, we see what you're saying. So I think it's just connecting with people and really educating people. And that is something that we're really going to work on as far as getting out the vote this year at the door, you know, grabbing their attention right in that 10 seconds, you knock on that door, grab them. What is affecting you today? Is it the the price of gas when you get on the street? Um, Do you have to travel? 30 minutes up the road to get out of you know the city limits to get five cents cheaper gas you know do you have to go to another state to get cheaper alcohol do you have to go to west virginia border to get you know eggs for a dollar less you know what i mean so those are things that they need to think about or just let them say what they're feeling you know it could be their schools 
it could be the education it could be so many different topics but knowing right what to say to them to to because every person at the door is different and they're all going to have a different issue that affects them john inflation's no longer sexy in the media <laughs> but it still very much is sinfully painful for pennsylvanians yeah i mean it's it's amazing and we talked about how things spin out of the media cycle but i'd have to imagine that whether you're at the local level or the state level and i'm going to go to inflation first but then i'm gonna go back to crime as well as aaron brought up a very valid point you know what are you hearing from a strategy standpoint that republicans should be doing should be saying should be advocating for because it's fallen off the radar but the gas is not under two three dollars a gallon and the eggs are still expensive and the milk is still expensive. It's as if the proverbial frog is being slowly boiled by the water being increased slowly because nobody's complaining about inflation as much as they were a year ago. And yet it's not like those prices have necessarily come back down to what we were used to, even during much of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of the new norm here. You know, the, the one thing- but, and, but, and if it's the new norm, John, is that not an opportunity for, for politicians over the next 18 months, whether it's at the state level or the local level, to say, let's not make this a baked-in new norm from here on in. I think this is what we, where we failed in 2022, the Republicans did, is not saying what we would do. We basically attacked Biden and we, we criticized the administration, but we never came up with like real solutions how to fix these. And I think these were, this was set us back in 2022, and this is what we have to assess moving forward. Uh, in 2023 and down the road in 2024. So, and, and that brings up a very valid point and a very, it's a very cogent point to, to really reflect upon. And, and those of you out there that are going to be volunteering, those elephants in the room that are listening to the elephant in the room here on WJS, you need to be mindful of that. Because back to Aaron's point, we can knock on those doors and say, what's bothering you? You know, you knock on the door and say, hey, my name is Lenny. I just wanted to ask you a question. How much did you pay for your last, you know, dozen of eggs? And that person will probably roll their eyes and sit there and say, I cannot believe I'm still paying $6 for a dozen of eggs. Well, you know what? We have a plan to bring that down because we need to make sure that we're helping Pennsylvania farmers with BAM. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that we don't do as effectively as we could, to John's point. And when Republicans really win elections, and I'm not, look, I'm not talking about 2022. Yes, we won the House of Representatives back in Washington, D.C., Barely, You know, if this was a baseball record, they put an asterisk on it because it wasn't what it should have been. And just the same, when Governor Tom Wolf won two elections, Republicans gained seats in the General Assembly in Harrisburg. Needless to say, that did not happen in 2022. It almost was a clean sweep. It was not. We still held on to the Senate. But from the House and the gubernatorial perspectives, that was not the case. Let's pivot back to crime before we get out of here. Again, it's Lenny McAllister filling in for Sam DeMarco. We went from having the Allegheny County police being in downtown Pittsburgh to leaving downtown Pittsburgh to basically saying the old proverbial psych like we were on the streets of playing, you know, football in, in Pittsburgh. It's psych, I didn't mean it. We're back. These are other issues that they don't make the headlines as much, Aaron, but these are still on the minds of everyday Pennsylvanians, everyday people here in the Pittsburgh region of you used to be able to go to downtown Pittsburgh. You used to be able to catch what used to be called the EBO, the EBA. You used to be able to catch the 28X and ride a bus and feel pretty safe and comfortable in what used to be called America's most livable city. Right. Not so much anymore. Right. 
I mean, hey, I own my home here. You know, um, you know, I'm losing equity in my home. The, you know, the streets. I mean, who's gonna want want to buy a house in the city of Pittsburgh when our crime is spiking through the roof? You know, I went to an event for the city of Pittsburgh because I'm a committee woman as well um, a couple Mondays ago. And a dentist was there, and he is pulling his business out of downtown. He's moving it to another part of downtown, but he is pull, uh, moving it out because of the his clients are being mugged as they're going in for their dental work. Um, you know, and he has been, uh, you know, had issues with himself going into work, and so is his staff. So, you know, hearing his story was, I think, all of us sitting there was a gut wrenching reality of. Again, like this is real. This is a real person's story. He has to up and move his business of 25 years um, because of the lack of human care downtown. I mean, people don't care about each other anymore. People are, you know, we, anyone, there's no accountability for these criminals and people who just act out. You go to a bus stop, you could be stabbed. You know, there's shootings in the middle of the day. You know, the South Side used to be a place where we would go, you know, I'm still at that age where I go down there. Uh, not so much. I haven't been down there in months. And I have a friend who owns a business and her staff are not making money. And they, they have told me that. And uh, because nobody goes out past nine o'clock at night in the south side which is a younger crowd so you know it's just something has to be done and we need to reach those voters who are downtown in the south side we need the young vote this year we need to reach out to the local colleges because again are they safe on campus they live right in the the campus in the cities you know how do they feel and we have some ideas about that too but let me let me throw okay. out one other idea and we only have about oh, a couple of minutes left. Oh, no, no, nothing at all. Enjoying the conversation. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw it out to both of you and I'm going to throw it out there for the, the listening audience out there to consider as well. When it comes to crime, it seems as though we're, we're at a point where we have to balance two things, both law and order and compassionate conservatism. And for so long, it seems as though those two ideologies within our camp are opposing. But I think in order to win on the crime issue, and I think it's going to specifically come from Republicans. We have to find policies that will balance that conservative, that compassionate conservatism that we heard from George W. Bush back in 2000, coupled with the law and order that we saw from people like Rudy Giuliani and, and others in the 90s that cleaned up New York and other cities. And those are two different approaches, but it seems as though we're at a point in time in 2023 we have to have a blend. Real quick, what initial thoughts, John, I'll go with you, just on that, that concept of how do we balance the two. Not You don't have to give a policy perspective, but just kind of the, the, the philosophical thought. I can't really give you any uh, philosophical here, but I think this, is kind of a, this kind of brings us in full circle here as to what's at stake at 2023 here. Because like if we talked about you know, the, the accident in East Palestine here, if something like that were to happen here in Pittsburgh or Allegheny County, who do you want as your uh, county executive? Who do you want, obviously, there as the county executive kind of leading the fight against crime here? I think those are the questions that I think mm -hmm. voters need to ask, ask themselves in 2023 when they uh, view our slated candidates versus the Democrats. And there's going to be a lot of time to ponder that. Aaron, last thought. Oh, no, I, I completely agree with uh, John. I mean, it's, you know, come out to an event uh, when we have – meet and greets with our candidates, meet your candidate, ask them the questions. Um, they are, I've met them, they are passionate about the issues, the conservative issues that we have here in Allegheny County. And if you want change, you have to get out and, and make change yourself and vote for the right people.
Aaron, thank you so much. John, thank you for that golden voice over there, Mr. Executive Producer. Once again, I'm Lenny McAllister filling in for Sam DeMarco. Don't forget, Lincoln Day Dinner, 2023, April 13th, 2023, Thursday. Senator Katie Britt from Alabama is going to be the guest speaker. Special honoree, Jim Roddy. For us here at the Elephant in the Room, we bid you a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch up to you next week. TCNGB, take care and God bless. Peace.